Welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. Awesome. Well, I am going to share with you a message that I've been thinking um, about all week and praying about. Gee, it's weird to hold this. <laughs> um, but I, I actually think it's been in the, the process for a lot, a lot longer um, than that, um, more, than, more than just a week. See, I've been learning to uh, bake bread from scratch lately. Um, and it's something that I've, I've found quite interesting um, lately. And um, it's, it's amazing the process that it is actually involved in, in making bread. Has, has anyone ever made bread from scratch before? Give me a wave. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, not, no, bread maker doesn't count. That doesn't count. <laughs> but uh, I, I've been learning how to um, make sourdough. And um, now that, that's, that's hard work. And uh, I've been fiddling around with a, a couple of other different loaves. And even just this morning, I, I had a crack at um, some unleavened bread. Has anyone made that before? In my, in my message prep, I was reading a lot about unleavened bread. So I thought I'd have a, have a go at that. It almost looks a bit like naan bread, really, but it's, um, it's not. So this is... This is unleavened bread, and you, you read about that in the Bible. There you go. You can taste that if you like. Um, and uh, anyway, I've been experimenting a lot, and it's amazing uh, just how many different kinds of bread actually exist. Can you throw that up, that up, Zeke, for me? But there's, um, there's so many different kinds of bread. Like you've got rye bread and stone bread, Turkish, whole wheat, wholemeal, multigrain, flatbread, Sourdough, images coming up. Um, leavened, unleavened, pita bread. It's good. It's good. Naan bread. And uh, there's so many different types of bread that actually exist. <laughs> Can have some more later. Um, that exists. And it, and it, really, um, it really got me thinking um, about um, bread a lot. And so I went, I went to the Bible. And did you know that there is actually nearly a hundred scriptures in our Bible that make reference to bread. And um, if it's mentioned that much in the Bible, I think that we could probably learn something um, about bread and the significance um, of um, what bread meant, um, meant to people. Um, in John 6:35, and we'll come back to this scripture a little bit later on, it says, "I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty again. I love that. I am. It's one of those I am scriptures. God's saying, "I am the bread of life. I am the source of life. You can find it in me." And so when we think about bread and the way it was represented in the Bible, there were, there were lots of ways that, um, that, um, that um, bread was um, found important. So the, the, uh, um, the main, I guess, idea that we get from bread is that it was, it was um, their life source. 
So everyone could basically afford to make a meal um, with bread. And it was a staple food. And it, was, uh, it, it, it didn't discriminate. It didn't, didn't matter where you came from across um, the nations. Bread, bread was common. Um, it was found in, in everyone's home. And uh, women actually were responsible for the, the picking and the yielding and the grinding um, of the wheat um, and then uh, the making uh, of the bread. And uh, what's interesting is that when, when I've begun to make bread myself, I've realised that it's actually quite a lengthy process. Uh, it's not. Uh, it doesn't happen quickly, particularly when you're using yeast. Uh, it doesn't happen quickly. It's slow. Uh, and it takes hours and hours. And I was thinking about these women who must have had to get up pretty early. There was no sleep-ins, I don't think. They would have had to get up really early to pick, to harvest, to grind, to, uh, to mix, to knead, um, to wait and let it, you know, let it rise and then, um, then bake it before they could actually eat together. Um, so that happened daily. Uh, it was the, the symbol that God... Um, that God used, it was his provision, the way he provided for the Israelites when they were wandering around in, uh, in the desert for years and years and years. The Bible talks about the manna falling from heaven, that God provided bread falling from heaven so that they could stay alive. Um, and that was their source of food in all of that time. Uh, it's a symbolism of breaking bread together, which we still do today. People getting together in homes and, uh, and, and meeting together and fellowshipping and, and breaking bread and, and chatting and being, being together. But there is so much that we can learn um, about, about bread, particularly in the process of making bread, which is where I want to focus um, today. So um, if you're taking notes... And points. Uh, number one is that ingredients matter. Ingredients matter. So when you are make, making bread that has yeast, uh, which is the, the agent that helps it rise, you have to create what is known as a starter. Anyone had to use a starter or use a bread maker? Starter? Well done. So you, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But uh, you have to create a starter. And to do that, you need to have flour and you need to have water, um, sometimes a little bit of salt and something that is going to cause um, some activity to take place within that flour and the water. So when you make a starter to prepare for sourdough, it's actually a five to six day process. So you can't just make it and bake that day. You have to start the process and you have to stay on top of that um, every day at around the same time every day to be able to get it ready so that you can actually bake your first loaf of bread. Now, I tried this, didn't I? I got to day five and it didn't work out. Um, I used the wrong ingredients. Uh, I used a pre-made bread mix that had some oil in it and, and my starter just did not work. And so I tried again. So day one, you're mixing... You're mixing your ingredients together and you stir it and you set it aside in a warm place. And then day two, you come back and you do what you call feeding your starter. So you have to look after it. It's almost like a person. I know some people do name their starters, but, but you feed it some extra flour and some extra water and then you stir it again 
and you set it aside. Then day three, day four, day five. Uh, hopefully, within those last few days, you will start to see some bubbles rising up within your starter. So it, come, it becomes foamy and bubbly, and that means that there's some kind of um, scientific reaction that's taking place inside, uh, inside of your, your mixture. And uh, that means it's getting ready. It's nearly ready. The yeast is active. The yeast is alive. And it's beginning to grow. Okay, so um, ingredients matter. If you don't have the right ingredients, then it won't work. Okay, so it's very important that you have the right ingredients and that you come back to it daily and that you are mixing and you are continuing to feed it. When I think about this year, the start of a brand new year, I was thinking about um, the process of bread making and how that can actually relate to, I guess, our personal life and the year ahead. I wonder what ingredients you have actually grabbed a hold of to prepare you for the year ahead. I wonder what you've found in your life that is key and important to help you grow and flourish in your own personal life and in your walk uh, with God. So some of those key ingredients that are really quite key are prayer. It's important to pray every day. That's where you hear from God. When you come and you make it a daily, um, a daily um, appointment, just like I had to feed the yeast daily, coming in and and spending time and praying with God is a key ingredient. Reading His Word. When I had to feed the yeast, you have to feed your soul. You have to feed your spirit on the Word of God, and setting aside um, time to do that and allowing God to feed you through His Word can build you up and strengthen your faith and I help you to face uh, what, you know, could be a really, really challenging day. Uh, fasting as well, we're just about to, as a church, um, embark on, on a 10-day um, fast starting tomorrow. Um, some of you may be um, already thinking about how you're going to uh, do your fast. For me, I'm, I'm going to head on down the Daniel fast kind of um, diet for the next 10 days. But fasting is all about um, prioritising time with God um, and going without to draw your attention um, back to God. And Dave will probably talk more about that um, later. Um, but that's another key element, okay, another key ingredient of getting yourselves um, ready for the year ahead. Sewing, sewing into the house of God, giving, giving of your money, giving of your time, giving of whatever gifts that you have to be able to help build his kingdom. These ingredients, they matter. Number two, uh, keep it centred. Keep it centred. When, when you have your starter ready, it's actually really exciting when you get to that step. I must admit I was very excited. Were you excited when you got there? Ah, oh, yes, yes. That's like the cheats method, but yeah, that works too. <laughs> but, uh, but when I got to that point where my, my mixture actually looked like it was supposed to look, um, I was super excited and, and I got to start uh, baking. So I took out some of my starter and I used that to begin to bake with. 
And then whenever you take something out, you have to put back in. So if I took out 200 grams um, to use for my bread, then I have to put in 200 grams divided between flour and water. Very scientific, isn't it? But I had to put it back in and I had to re-stir it to get it ready to be used again. Uh, the amazing thing about starter is it can actually live inside your, your fridge for a couple of years. And every time you want to use it, you just have to feed it again. Feed it again. And so I, um, I began to make my dough, uh, adding more flour. And the process of making the dough involves a lot of kneading and an awful lot of stretching and pulling uh, of the dough. And uh, when you are making it, you have to stretch and you have to really stretch it and pull it and bring it back and push it into the centre of your dough. So you're circling around your nice big amount of dough. You're pulling from the outside and pushing it straight down into the centre. Then spinning, pulling, stretching and into the centre over and over and over again. And then once you have um, done that, uh, you want to make sure that it actually looks right uh, that it looks like it's going to be a loaf. So the shape is uh, positioned nice and uh, round and not, um, not disformed. Otherwise, it'll, um, it'll look really funny when you, when you bake it. But in life, you know, we go through an awful lot of stretching and an awful lot of pulling sometimes. Now, I don't know about you, but we've had a year or two, haven't we? And uh, for some of you, it might have been even more difficult um, your circumstances might have been beyond what you, you, know, you, you ever saw coming um, and it could have been really, really hard. Uh, but there's stretching and pulling and God doesn't say that we're never going to get that. You know? He never says that our life is going to be free of troubles. In fact, he does tell us that troubles will come and that there will be hard times um, and we will be stretched and we will be pulled sometimes beyond what we think we can actually handle. And, and uh, when, when that happens, it's really important that we come back to the centre. We come back to the centre of God. We come back and we refocus and we realign and we reposition ourselves um, with, with God at the centre um, of our life. And it's important to know that, um, that we have to trust that process. We have to trust and know that, that God has got our back you know, that he is, he is for us and uh, he is he's doing something. He's, he's working. He's working. Something's taking place in that kneading and that pulling. And uh, sometimes we don't actually see that straight away until later, just like a, a loaf of bread when it's baked. You can see it later, but we don't always see it in the moment when that stretching and the pulling and, uh, is, is taking place. But, but he's working and we need to learn and trust that in that process where we're feeling the pain, where we might be feeling the exhaustion, where we might be feeling like nothing is going right, he, he's working. Something beautiful is taking, taking place. Uh, number three, wait and watch. Wait and watch. Uh, bread takes time. It doesn't, uh, you can't just cook it straight away. So once I had uh, created my perfectly rounded sourdough ball of dough, um, I had to put it inside 
a container um, or a bowl that was lightly oiled and I had to cover it up and let it rest in a, in a warm place for a few hours. And so the whole, the whole idea of that is that if it sits in a warm place, then it will begin to double in growth. Okay, so the size will, will double. So what I started with becomes, becomes more. And after that time, um, it's very exciting, you go back and you, you lift up your tea towel and your dough's bigger and uh, then you have to do what you call knock, knocking it, knocking the dough. So you're literally punching, punching the dough and expelling all the air out of the dough to then start the process yet again um, of pulling and stretching um, and then putting it aside to, to rest and double in size uh, again. And uh, um, it needs to rest. It needs to, um, it needs to be in a warm place. When I was making my last batch, um, I, I ended up having to go and take it upstairs and put it in Lucy's room because that's where the, the hot part of the house was. So it sat on a bowl, in a bowl on her bed for a couple of hours, growing, uh, growing in size. Uh, you need to, you need to um, make sure that the environment is right for growth. It's very important that we think about um, the environment for, for the bread in order to get a great, a great finished product. And it's the same in life. You know, I wonder when was the last time that you set aside a space or a time to rest, to rest in God? When was the last time that you felt the warmth of his presence in your world? See, our environment in our own life is key as well. It's really important that, that we have an environment that is going to um, protect us and um, be of benefit to our spiritual life. And sometimes we can get um, and find ourselves in situations where our environment is not helping us at all. It could be family life. It could be the busyness of your life. It could be um, maybe some little things that, that really don't belong in your life and, and they're there and they're, they're corrupting your thoughts and taking over your thoughts. But our environment is really, really key to making sure that our growth happens, that we can flourish uh, as a person. Uh, James 4.8 says, um, so draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Find space this year. Find space in your world where you can rest in his presence and allow him to do his work to feed your soul. Uh, in Matthew 13, 33, um, Jesus uses this analogy of yeast to describe what the kingdom of heaven was like. In Matthew 13, 33, it says, the kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman mixed with about 60 pounds of flour with, um, and working it through, through the dough. Uh, that's about 27 kilograms of flour um, that she was working with, by the way. That's huge, right? 27 kilograms of flour. The bag I bought from the supermarket was about this big and that was five kilograms. So she was working with... Um, she was working with 27 kilograms of flour, mixing and kneading and working hard at it um, 
to, to feed about 100 people is what that would feed. But it says that the yeast is what, uh, when mixed with the flour, is what causes the reaction for growth to take place. And it's really important that when, we, um, when we're thinking about our environment in our world, that we find space to allow the yeast to work. If it's not warm, if you don't let it rest, it can't work. In your life, if you are um, so caught up in, your, um, in what you do in your life that you don't have space to rest and, and find that with God, then he can't work in you the same way that he could if you, if you had solitude uh, with him. So what is your environment conducive to? Is it conducive to growth? How can you make um, more, spa- more space in your world? See, there is, there is a power that comes um, through the rising in the dough. And that same power can be found when we, when we find space with God. He can work with us. Um, he can, you know, we can experience the power of his Holy Spirit working through us and talking to us and um, giving us, you know, giving us visions and, and re, you know, reinstilling dreams inside of our heart. Um, and that comes, that comes from spending time, time with him. So I don't know about you, but have you, have you ever tried to give up bread? <laughs> Has anyone ever tried to give up bread before? Maybe the doctor said you had to give up bread or you're on a special diet and, you know, that, giving up bread, that's it's pretty, pretty hard. Um, it's different to giving up meat, but we're so used to having bread every day. And uh, when, um, when you have to give that up, it's like your body is... It's, it's missing something and you only have to look at someone else who's eating a nice fresh loaf of bread and, and you want that too. And uh, when, when you walk past a bakery and you smell, smell the fresh bread out of the oven, there's nothing like that. It's beautiful. Uh, it's enticing, isn't it, to, you know, to smell that and the taste um, of bread. It's so good and so fulfilling and satisfying at trying to live your life without the bread of life, without God. When you've tasted it and you know how good it is, you know how good he is and you walk away or you are finding it hard to find that space with him that maybe you've had before, maybe you've been super close to him before and, and maybe in this particular season uh, you, you're really struggling really struggling to have that connection. When you know how good something tastes and we know how good it is for you and the feeling that you get and the satisfaction, when you don't have it, you, you crave it. Sometimes you actually don't even know what you're missing out on until you see someone else, someone else. You see their life and the fruit of their life and you're like, I want what they have. I want that, that bread in, in my life. Um, if, if you have your Bible, you can turn to John um, 6, um, verse 23, sorry, from verse 25. Um, so Jesus had just previous to this, um, this chapter, um, he had um, gone and met with crowds and crowds of people on, on the hillside and um, there was no food while these people were listening to him, listening to him talk. And so he... Um, 
created out of the five loaves and two fishes enough food to feed um, thousands of um, thousands of people, and uh, so they've they've just experienced that with him. And uh, here we find ourselves again in this, um, just a little bit further on. These people um, have come back to him. So they've had a taste of him. They've listened to him. They've eaten the bread. And, and here we are. They've, they've come back to him. So it says, When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, what must we do? To do the works God requires. Jesus answered, The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, What sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, It is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me and you still do not believe. Um, I think it's amazing that that these people, they they heard from God and they came back. Um, They liked what they ate. They probably enjoyed his company, but they came back for more of that that bread and to be in his presence, not realising that he was going to give them so much more than a physical slice or loaf of bread. Um, the, the bread of life that we can have can give us um, so much more than a, than a loaf of bread. Um, it's a beautiful analogy, I think. But I wonder this year, will you allow him to be the bread of life in your life? Will you be like these people that said, always give us this bread? This bread, your bread, the bread of life. I wonder if you'll be able to resist the urge to do everything on your own. Because that's, you know, we can get caught in that trap so easily, can't we? Doing it all on our own. And this, this message is just as much for me as it is for you. Trying to do it on your own. Um, and, you know, sometimes being so busy that you forget to find that space to allow him to actually... Um, feed you and to be the bread of life that, that we all need. I wonder if we'll be able to resist the urge to do it alone and to allow him to sustain us, just like bread does, sustain us with his scripture, with his word and the intimacy that we can have when we rest um, in his presence. 
If I could get um, the music team to um, come back up, that would be great. In Ephesians 3, from in verse um, 14 to 21, he talks about the love that we have um, from Christ. And it gives this beautiful picture of the love um, being so high and so deep and how wide is the love of Christ. And I love that... Um, that it shows the picture of, of a love that, that never runs out, that is always there. You cannot, find, you cannot find a love like that in any other person uh, in your world. It never runs out. It's forever. Uh, in Romans 10.9, it says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord... And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. The ultimate uh, analogy of bread is that he is the bread of life. And that he went to the cross. That day he went to the cross and he gave his life. His body was broken. His blood was shed for us. The ultimate sacrifice our bread of life. I wonder if you'll be able to be able to include space for him in your world this year. Why don't we stand to our feet? Be great if we could all just close our eyes across this room right now going to invite the Holy Spirit, presence of God to come, fill this space, Lord. Thank you so much for being our bread, bread of life, the life giver, source of life. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Come have your way. Come have your way. Holy Spirit, you are so welcome in this place. You are so welcome. So welcome. Why don't you just begin to lift your heart towards heaven right now. Try and push aside any other distraction that might be going on inside of your mind right now. Because that happens too. We're all busy. (laughs) Try and push those aside and just focus on Jesus. Lift your heart to heaven. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. I was listening to a song this morning when I was walking and uh, the words in the song that kept getting repeated were, I am yours. I am yours. I am yours. You know, the way I see it is that in this room, there's not a huge amount of us here today, but in this room there are three people 
three types of people or three positions that you might be in right now. Maybe you can confidently say that you are His. You can say to Him as you look to heaven right now, I am Yours, God. I am Yours. You have all of me. You have every little bit of me. Everything I do is for You. Use me. Maybe, maybe that's you. Then there might be some of us who might really be feeling, you know, like it's a brand new start to the year again. I want to be yours again. I want to be yours again. I don't know really how to make that happen in my world, but I, I want to say that I am yours again. Maybe you've drifted. Maybe things haven't quite gone to your plan these last couple of years or even these months or weeks. But maybe you want to come back to Him and say, I want to be yours again. Place yourself in His presence again. You know what it's like. You want to come back. Or maybe you're the third person in a position of what is this bread of life that you're talking about this, this afternoon? What is this bread of life? Who is, who is this Jesus? Who, who is He? How can He help and sustain my life? Maybe for the very first time, you might want to turn your heart towards heaven and say, I want to be yours. I want to choose you to have this life. So wherever you are in any of those three positions, can I encourage you, we're going to pray in a minute, just keep your eyes on heaven. I'm going to pray. I'd love us to pray together. If someone's choosing to be His for the first time, I'd love us all to speak it out together. It's all part of recommitting and reaffirming where we stand too. So why don't we pray this prayer? You can repeat it after me. God, I thank You. God, I thank You that I'm Yours. I thank You that You love me, that You chose me, that You will never leave me. I thank You that I can trust in Your love. I thank You I can depend on You. I thank You that I can believe in You. Thank You for dying at the cross and taking all of my sin and all of my burdens and giving me life. I choose life. I choose you. I am yours. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au.